finding your next passion rather quickly after sports is done is important. If you're able to develop that passion alongside your time as an athlete, then you're prepared for what happens once sports are gone, even more so. And I think that you know that all too well. Yeah, and I think passion is something that in NIL is so important too when you talk about athletes looking for brands to work with or companies coming after athletes and wanting to work with them. It's not always about just throwing the next company in your Instagram bio or doing the next post about partnering up with X, Y, or Z company. It's actually important that you know, you're associating and aligning your personal brand with now someone else's brand and what they stand to believe for. This is Grant Ferking, host of the Invest in You podcast by On3Sports. As a president of NILU, we are here to give student athletes tips and advice they need to succeed both on and off the field. We see NIL as an opportunity to expedite both life and business skills by five to 10 years. We thank you again for following along as we help athletes navigate the new frontier of name, image, and likeness. We are here today with another episode of the Invest in You podcast presented by On3Sports. Super excited today to be joined by Blake Lawrence, founder and CEO of Open Doors. You can find him at opendoors.com. Blake, thanks for joining us today, man. Great. Happy to be here. Hey, wanted to, to give you the, the chance as we start here to just talk about your background, former student athlete at University of Nebraska years ago, and now is the CEO of Open Doors, as we mentioned. Wanted you to talk about your background as a student athlete and kind of how you got here to be sitting in the place you are today involved within the NIL space with Open Doors. Certainly. So I come from a a family of athletes. My dad played college football, uh, small level. My older brother played quarterback at Kansas, and I was fortunate to get recruited across the country to play linebacker and ended up at the University of Nebraska in 2007. So I came in as a true freshman and got a chance to play as a true freshman. And I know that's a, for athletes and student athletes listening, just finding the right place, right time to get on the field and uh, snuck on there as a true freshman and went through a coaching change rather quickly. Our head coach, uh, Bill Callahan, got fired after my freshman year. Then Bo Pelini came in, and I uh, tricked him into letting me be the starting linebacker at Nebraska. So I became a starting linebacker my sophomore year, junior year at Nebraska. And you know, midway through my junior year, um, I had to hang up the cleats. You know, I, I woke up the starting linebacker in Nebraska and went to bed knowing I could never play football again. Uh, I had suffered four concussions in a little over a year, was forgetting my name and where I was and the plays. And I decided to step away to protect my long-term health. And, you know, from, from that moment until this moment, I've, I've dedicated my whole professional career to helping athletes understand this doesn't last forever and to make the, the most of whatever opportunity they have in the spotlight. And I, I think that's why this podcast and, and Grant just kind of sharing my story and knowing yours is something that student athletes need to understand, right? There's, this big hopes, dreams, wants, and wishes that come with college athletics. And you envision senior day and running out on the field with your, your uh, class and celebrating together after that big, you know, last, last moment in college sports. And sometimes it comes sooner. Uh, so that that's my story. And it's the story of many student athletes. So happy to be in a position to help many student athletes today make the most of, of their time in college sports. There's no doubt. And, and you just touched on it briefly right there, but was it the same as it is today that when you have the guest speaker come into the team room and ask 
everyone, if, if they plan on playing in the NFL and play at the next level, that every single player raises their hand. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's you uh, growing up as an athlete to, to have the drive to play college sports at a high level. I mean, you, you definitely dream of reaching, if you made it this far, you can try to, to reach for that next professional level. Um, so many hands shoot up when you ask, are you going to go to the pros? And especially at a place like Nebraska, where everyone there is the best of the best from where they're from. And uh, to know that so many don't even get to senior day is, is just one of those realities of college sports that is said often, but when you hear it from other student athletes, you know, it's true. Like you, you've seen it, you know, it, um, and those listening know it too, that you don't always make it all the way through. Yeah. And, and it is short lived for, you know, in this case, you have some guys that are able to play up to six years now with super seniors in COVID year. But one of the, one of the coolest things that I continually preach about NIL in this new era is the ability to fast track and expedite life skills for five to 10, some cases, 15 years, because you're learning stuff that's in the real world that isn't applicable, or you don't think is reality when you're living in the college football environment, when you're getting told to do everything's everything's given to you on a silver platter and you're kind of going through that motion. But now, you know, you're out on your own marketing yourself, presenting yourself, meeting with companies, learning how to manage money that you may have never had before. All this stuff that's encompassed in this new landscape of name, image, and likeness is really the ability for these athletes to go out and make their brand and market it and kind of, in a way, go out and be their own entrepreneur, right? Certainly. And I think that's something that my my journey, you know, myself as going from Nebraska starting linebacker to the real world rather quickly, you know, in April of 2009, um, I was, you know, I just suffered my, my third concussion and gave myself an ultimatum that if I had another concussion, I'd be done with football forever. And I thought to myself, you know, this could happen rather quickly. And I love Nebraska. I love these fans and I know these fans love me or they support student athletes at Nebraska. So I thought to myself, how do I stay connected to this audience when I'm done? And I I found out about this website, Twitter. So I went to twitter.com and created an account. And my goal was to get to a thousand followers by the time the season started. So if I suffered a concussion the first day of fall camp and I was done, at least I have a connection to that audience. And I think one of the benefits of this last decade of, of athletes is, is the growth in, of social media and the ability to use your time in uh, college to build an audience that will last you a lifetime. And it's such a natural experience for athletes today to have a social media presence, to share content, to build up an audience. Uh, but only now in the NIL era are college student athletes realizing that this is a major mechanism for them to generate real short-term and long-term opportunities for them in, in monetizing NIL. And that's something, again, for me at, at Nebraska, it panned out. I, I was done playing football one day, um, but those thousand followers that had hit you know, follow on Twitter were still there with me and still there with me today. And I think that that's the opportunities that, that student athletes today versus 20 years ago just you know, have so many more ways to capture attention and capture value while on campus and then turn that into value, you know, when they're done. And then, you know, and and today you can actually capitalize it right when you're still on campus with the new NIL rule changes. And that's quite exciting. You talked about when you're at Nebraska coming to the 
reality that you had to set yourself up for success once your playing days were over and you had to make that tough decision. Explain when the vision of Open Doors came to reality. Were you always an entrepreneur at heart and always wanted to go out and start your own thing? Or was that a, you know, something that come about once your playing days were over and you're out in the real world? I think growing up, I had a, a propensity to dabble in creating things, right? When I was um, in fourth grade, I, I used to print off pictures of Pokemon cards and then glue them to actual Pokemon cards and try and hawk them on the playground. Um, and, you know, little things like that just, you know, created a, a basketball league out of thin air in elementary school, uh, got shut down by the principal. But a little, so that's little entrepreneurial endeavors, of course. Then, um, once football was done and once sports was done, many student athletes go through an identity crisis, right? Because sports is so much a big part of, of who you are. It is who you are. It's your identity. And when that sport is gone, what happens next? And, um, fortunately for me, entrepreneurship and, and marketing were a passion of mine. And, and so for those athletes that come to that crossroads and realize what's next, if you remove sports from your life and, and you say like, what else do I care about? What else am I passionate about that time and effort that and energy that you put into becoming the, uh, an elite athlete at the next level. If you put that same time and energy into that next passion, you can find success as well. And for me, that was entrepreneurship. And um, so less than a month after I was done playing football, uh, I got contacted by some folks that said, Hey, I see that you went from zero to a thousand followers on Twitter rather quickly. Can you help my business go from zero to a thousand followers on Twitter rather quickly? And I said, sure, I'll do it. And so I was off to the races, helping others um, build an online presence. And, and that sparked some, a chain of events that led to open doors. But uh, again, finding your next passion rather quickly after sports is done is important. If you're able to develop that passion alongside your time as an athlete, then you're prepared for what happens once sports are gone even more so. And I think that you know that all too well. Yeah. And I think passion is something that in NIL is so important too. When you talk about athletes looking for brands to work with or companies coming after athletes and wanting to work with them, it's not always about just throwing the next company in your Instagram bio or doing the next post about partnering up with X, Y, or Z company. It's actually important that, you know, you're associating and aligning your personal brand with now someone else's brand and what they stand to believe for and what they're doing. So being passionate about something, that's just a new alleyway for you to go and share that and bring alongside companies and brands to help you showcase that and in turn showcase their brand as well. And that's exactly what you guys are doing at Open Doors, connecting brands and athletes. For those that don't know, Blake, just talk about what Open Doors is uh, on the foundational level, what you guys do, how you guys started. I know it was a, a platform for professional athletes. And then, you know, NIL came about five months ago to the day as we're sitting right here. How was that pivot done and, and kind of what made you move to the, the collegiate space and where do you see opportunity with that? And then in turn, just kind of talk about what you guys are doing now with your platform. Certainly. So Open Doors is the largest provider of technology to the athlete endorsement industry. We started the company in 2012, really to help one athlete. And I'll tell you the origin story here in a second. But, you know, fast forward a decade and now um, 75,000 athletes around the world use Open Doors every day. And we help athletes understand, build and monetize their name, image and likeness value. The uh, If you scroll through your social media feed and you see 
Eli Manning talking about IBM or Patrick Mahomes pushing out uh, messaging for EA Sports or Alex Morgan um, talking about Olympic sponsors, you know, somebody behind the scenes had to make sure that that athlete says that thing at that date, that time that that brand picked that athlete and made it all happen and open doors has been behind the scenes for the last decade, uh, helping athletes connect with those brand partners, facilitate the opportunities to have them say the right thing, right place, right time. Um, and again, we are, work with the biggest brands in, in sports, the biggest names in sports and are now uh, about 1500 student athletes a week are downloading the open doors app and creating accounts so they can use this tool to manage their NIL opportunities as well. So we're uh, proud to help other athletes um, that are going through a similar journey to you and I uh, grant that, that, you know, they have to, to take advantage of this, this time in the spotlight and uh, open doors is an app they can use for free to, to uh, make the most of, of the opportunities and maximize NIL. So yeah, that's been the, um, how open source is used today. Again, it's, it's easy for athletes to download, create a profile and connect with thousands of brands that use open source um, today and have been using open source for the last decade in the pro space. Sitting here, like I just mentioned, five months into this new era, it took place on July 1st. We're sitting here first of December. Give us your state of where NIL stands right now. We all know there's all the excitement and the big deals going down right when it all launched. And then you know, it seemed like there is a little drop off and, and some stalemate of national headlines, big time brands connecting with athletes. I know from my perspective, and, I, and I've heard you talk about it too, the smaller local deals for athletes to connect with that aren't the five, six, seven figure deals are what's going to make up the bulk of the average deal and the amount of compensation being handed out to athletes. That's kind of what's continued to be sustainable and what's going to sustain this era. But just talk about where we stand right now, five months in going into a new year. A lot of companies that are, are learning about this new era, wanting to jump into it. Where do we stand and where do you see this thing going here in the short term? Yeah, certainly. So as, as we see it, you know, open door sweep, uh, our technology being used by so many athletes and so many athletic departments, so many brands, we get, access to a lot of data you know, to understand, you know, where money's coming from, where it's going, what types of activities athletes are performing to monetize NIL. And I would say there's in the first five months, four things that uh, are, are very clear to us in terms of sources of income. And, and so the first one is a group of, of individuals that are very supportive that be fans, right? So fans paying athletes for, uh, appearances, paying athletes for shout outs, buying merchandise, buying digital goods, that sort of thing. So fans are an interesting dynamic because they're going to support athletes that play their favorite sport at their favorite school. Um, then you have brands. Brands are those national advertisers like Degree or Velveeta or GoPuff or um, Reebok and East Bay, these types. And, and they're looking for athletes that are highly marketable regardless of what sport they play, what team they play for, they're looking for athletes that are uh, content creators that are, are big on TikTok, big on, big on Instagram. Like that's the type of athletes that those national advertisers are looking for. You saw Gatorade and Paige Buckers just this week, uh, Beckers just this week. And that's something that she and her marketability has a major impact on why they choose her. And then you look at the other uh, source would be sponsors. So this would be local businesses, those that are supportive of the, the teams already that athletes are playing on and, and universities already. 
And so that'd be your local bank sponsor, you know, bringing athletes out for an appearance deal or a local restaurant, having athletes come out for free food um, and, and those types of opportunities. And there's the, the fourth segment, which is quite interesting, which are just donors. You know, that, that's be the very supportive individuals or businesses that want to reward athletes for picking their favorite school. Um, and, you know, where that falls in the spectrum of uh, permissibility is, is to be determined, depends on which state you're in, how you interpret the, the state laws or school policies. But, you know, that's the four things we know in terms of where the dollars are coming from. Now, Grant, I want to talk to you about the student athlete and, and you know, how a student athlete can take advantage or like what the student athletes that are getting the most opportunities, how they're doing it. Right. So I want you to imagine Grant, like uh, three circles and like an, a Venn diagram. And if I could, uh, I'll, maybe I'll send one to you. Um, but if an athlete is going to sit there and they're just going to say, I I'm going to be an athlete. That's all I care about. Um, and I hope that NIL comes to me, you know, then local businesses, like that's going to be a challenge to attract them. National brands aren't going to care and fans won't have right. any way to support you. Right. So, um, the, that you're really stuck with donors, like, you know, com- coming at you proactively and just saying, Hey, thanks for picking my school. And that's just, that's not going to last forever. That's not going to set you up for long-term. Yeah, and I think that even too is a slippery slope because it's, it's hard to sustain that. Right. I mean, it's just going to turn into the biggest schools that have the most money going out and just trying to get the next four and five-star recruit. That's not what this era was for necessarily. That's just going to be focused on football and basketball. And I, and I think you see that with a lot of these athletes that sit back and think, you know, I've seen the the quarterback on my team or the five-star, the guy whose name's rolling across the, the ESP and ticker going and getting all the deals NIL is it necessarily for me. Where is the flaw in that for, for these athletes of maybe non-revenue generating sports athletes that might not be in the spotlight all the time to, to actually take advantage of this? Right. And so that's like looking into the other two circles I'll talk about is really entrepreneurs. So if you think about an athlete entrepreneur, and that's, that's you, Grant, like that's, that's your world. So you look at, you know, if an athlete can say, I'm going to like jump into that overlap, I'm going to understand how to uh, host a camp. Okay. So that like hosting a camp is an act of entrepreneurship, or I'm going to use my name and likeness and host and start a lawn care service. Right. And you know, that's a, that's an act of entrepreneurship. So you have to understand business. You have to understand setting up an LLC, like, and, and really unlocking those local businesses that are going to support you. And that's really athletes combined with entrepreneurship that overlap. Like that's one of the first things that athletes can do to take their NIL to the next level is, is really to think of themselves as an entrepreneur and then starting a business and then, you know, building that business while they're still in college. And even, I mean, in a sense too, you have, you have athletes that, you know, going and building a business in the sense of entrepreneur, but going out and just marketing yourself and showcasing your brand in sense as being an entrepreneur, because you're having to go on offense and knock down the doors to go to brands and, you know, mm-hmm. just go into their store and tell them, you know, why you're marketable for their brand or DM and email that manager and telling them, you know, I've been eating your food. I've been wearing your product for so long. Let me be an ambassador there. Is that where you see the bulk of the deals happening is athletes having the willingness to go and showcase who they are to the brand rather than sitting back and having it come to them? 
the the bulk of the bonafide NIL activities, yes, are coming from athletes that are proactive in building up their uh, local presence or online audience. And, and that's kind of that other circle I'll talk about is that content creator, right? So if an athlete's like, I don't know, I don't want to host a camp. That's not my thing. or I don't want to start a business, but I'm really good at creating content. I'm, I'm, I'm great at TikTok. I'm great at Instagram reels. Like I can create video content. So find a way to make money off that. Yeah. Athletes as content creators, like that is something that's going to attract national advertisers, mm-hmm. right? And that's where you see the Cavender twins or Olivia Dunn. And some of these athletes are just excelling because they know how to use the tools to build an online audience. Then they just happen to be an athlete. They're a content creator that happens to be an athlete. And I think, you know, that's an, an interesting dynamic. And then the, the unicorns are those that, that uh, sit in the center of all three of these. Like they're an, a student athlete that understands business, that understands content creation. And that's when they're able to create their own product lines and market them. They're able to create their own podcasts and, and market them you know, and sell advertising and sell merchandise and sell digital goods and NFTs. And you know, those are the, those are athletes that are again, playing all three circles, entrepreneur, content creator, and student athlete. And if you do those three things, right, then you're going to have options. And the thing is like, that's uh, the unfair advantage that student athletes have is that there's a lot of creators that, and entrepreneurs that have to work really, really hard to capture the attention of an audience. But being a student athlete, like that's the one thing you have built in is you have people looking at you, watching you, like showing up and paying, you know, to, to buy tickets and sit in seats and, and view you. So if you can, you have an unfair advantage if you happen to lean into entrepreneurship and content creation. And that's where athletes, again, uh, can turn NIL into a, a lifelong opportunity for themselves if they start today and capture the uh, attention they have and turn it into, again, value within their content creation or entrepreneurship. hundred percent. And being an entrepreneur myself and, and you as well, that's a part of it that I'm just so passionate about is, you know, telling these kids that it's hard, but you know, everything in life comes with a price, but you can actually be a student athlete, be an entrepreneur, enjoy college and do it all. But now, unlike I was able to for the last six, seven years, I was never able to associate one thing about any of my businesses to my, my title or platform of being a, a Tennessee student athlete or, in, or in, you know, other athletes cases, wherever they go to school, but now you can, and there's just so much opportunity. And I, and I think that opportunity sits at a crossroad of the stress and importance for education to get to these athletes on what NIL is at its core and, and what are the pillars that stem off of it from branding, leadership, financial etiquette, all those things that make up a successful business person are now translating to set you up to have success in the NIL world. If you're not someone that is just being attracted to national brands because of your extreme following on social media or the, you know, the stats you're putting up on Saturdays on the field, can you just talk about what you think on the education side of things is so important for athletes to digest and, and how institutions can help their athletes be set up for success while they can't have as much involvement as they are? Yeah, certainly. I would say in the last decade of helping pro athletes and, and student athletes kind of capitalize or, or, or maximize their NIL value and opportunities, you know, it becomes very clear which athletes are prepared for name, image, and likeness monetization and others that are just hoping it happens. And I use an analogy and, and I, when I get the chance to speak to student athletes directly, and hopefully this one will resonate with you, you know, it's imagine that you're in a 
you're in Knoxville, Tennessee, right? And somebody recommends a local um, sandwich shop to you. And they're like, man, this is the best sandwich shop in town. And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go find it. And you have a hard time finding the sandwich shop. But eventually you get there and you realize there's no menu. Like there's no, there's no menu. They don't say what they serve there. They don't. And so you walk up and say, Hey, what do you, what, what do you, what kind of sandwiches do you have? Like, well, what kind of sandwich do you want? It's like, well, what do you have? And then what do you want? And then you go back and forth. Eventually you settle on a, a ham and cheese sandwich. You say, okay, how much does it cost? Like how much do you want to pay? Well, how much does it cost? How much do you want to pay? And then, then eventually you sell on a price. Now this is getting frustrating, hard time finding it. You don't know what they offer. Don't know what the price is. Then you say, well, uh, are you going to make the sandwich? Like, you got to give me the money before I make the sandwich. Like, well, that's, that's okay. How do I know you're going to make the sandwich? Like, you just got to trust me, right? So now you hand over the money and you have no idea if you're going to get the ham and cheese sandwich. It, it, like in this scenario, it sounds befuddling. Like, why would you ever go back to the sandwich shop? Okay. Because it's hard to find. You have no idea what they offer, no idea what the price is. And there's no guarantee they're actually going to give you the sandwich. Okay. In this scenario, the student athletes are this sandwich shop. Mm. Okay. Because student athletes, if a business happens to get a hold of an athlete, if they happen to find how to access them, they say, Hey, um, I'd like to you know, collaborate with you. Okay. What do you want to do? Well, what do you do? Well, what do you want me to do? Right. It's like a back and forth. And it's like, okay, how much should I pay you? Well, how much do you want to pay me? And then it's like, all right, now what, how do we, is there a contract here? So athletes that need to at least make themselves easy to find, right? They need to have a list of, of understanding like what they're willing to do. So am I willing to do appearances? Am I willing to do a social post? Like, will I do a video shout out? Do I create content or not? Like, will I join a podcast? And for each of the things I just mentioned, how much does it cost for an appearance for me? How much does it cost for me to post on Instagram versus Twitter versus Instagram stories or reels or TikTok, right? And, and you just kind of go to this list. It's like, oh, okay. Like if I can set myself up because student athletes in the NIL era, they are a business, right? I mean, they have to be easy to find, have a, a rate card and, and actually follow through on their promises. Because it, again, if every sandwich shop in, in America was set up like the hypothetical I just mentioned, uh, it'd be a, a poor industry. It'd be unfortunate. And, the, and then you'd say, you know what, I'm going to go to Subway because you know Subway has a menu. You know they have prices. You know they're going to make your sandwich fast. And in this situation, again, like the student athletes are um, having to learn rather quickly, like that they have to set themselves up so they win when somebody does want to work with them. Otherwise, they're going to go down the street to another creator, another influencer, just another student on campus. Man, I love that analogy. And, and I've loved this. You have filled this episode with so much good stuff, man. I love our shared energies. Fellow student athlete right here that played back in the day. University of Nebraska, student athlete right here, University of Tennessee, both sharing our synergies in this exciting new era. Blake, thanks so much for joining us today, man. Been an honor to have you on. Yeah, Grant, appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to the Invest in You podcast by On3Sports. We look forward to our new episode releasing next week. In the meantime, follow along with us on social media at On3NILU on Twitter and Instagram.